no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. To the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we recap mandatory minicamps and much, much more. A-Dub, you staying cool over there? Man, I'm trying, man, with this heat, bro. I'm trying to stay hydrated, bro. You better. And audience, if y'all ain't got a leader crib, stay in the house. Because I'm telling you, this humidity, if any of y'all in the Chicagoland area, stay in the crib. A-Dub, I was outside for probably like about 20 minutes. I was out doing some stuff in the lawn. And my shirt was all soaking wet. I'm like, this don't make no sense. I ain't even worked out. I'm just out here moving stuff in the lawn. Man, it don't take nothing but 25 seconds out there, Prez. <laughs> <laughs> you drenched, bro. That shit like, is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. When that heat hit Chicago in there, you know how it is, Prez. It comes. Well, isn't today supposed to be considered the first day of summer? I think so, yeah. Well, it's here, and I felt it. <laughs> 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 it lets you know I'm here. Hello, press. I'm here. <laughs> right. I'm like, shit, okay, hello, goodbye, because I'm standing in the crib. <laughs> and listen, and they got to worry about me doing too much A-Dub, because with these gas prices being what they are, and with this heat, man, I'm good with staying my ass in the crib. I ain't trying to turn that car on at 688 a gallon. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm staying in the house. <laughs> I feel you, man. I'll say people got some tough choices to make out on that road. Keep the AC on. Or turn it off, man. You got a tough choice there. Sweat it out or take the code with them gas prices. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If I'm driving local, stop and go, my AC blowing. But if I'm on the expressway or the highway and it's moving, ain't no AC going on. I'm opening the windows. I'm going to do just like my grandma used to say back in the day. Boy, you keep still, you ain't going to be hot. <laughs> and was right about that. Keep it still, boy. And I'm glad you're staying cool over there, audience. And, you know, all no jokes aside. I hope everybody's safe out there because, like, with these type of temperatures and everything gets like this, you know, you run the risk of heat stroke and everything else. I just hope that yeah. everybody's taking precaution and just being cool, you know. I'm with you there, Chris. Everyone needs to take care of themselves out here in this heat. Yes, sir. Well, man, let's get into this show. Audience, as I mentioned in the open, we're going to break down those mandatory mini camps. Before we get into that, I'll be remiss if we didn't take a couple moments here to share a couple words on John Moon Mullen. A.W. might not be as familiar with him, but this guy right here, man, is one of the people that when I was growing up in this, when I was growing up as a, as a young Bears fan, and, and all this, I might not even have shared this with you guys, but I am, when I was in college, I wanted to study to be a sports journalist. And for one reason or another, I didn't go down that path, and I decided to go into business. But a guy like John Moon Mullen was a guy that I watched when I was a kid on Fox 32 News, man. And he was cool as a cucumber, bro. He just had a little swag to him, respectful of the players, but he had fun. And uh, we had J.J. Stankiewicz on the show, A.W. You remember that episode. J.J. spoke glowingly about how Moon Mullen had an impact on his career and how when he worked with him over at NBC, how he took him under his wing. Yep. He just basically helped him out as much as he can. He even talked about when he first got into the Bears beat, he didn't have a lot of sources. He didn't have a lot of, like, inside information. And he said people weren't returning his phone calls. And he said all of a sudden, all these people started calling him back. And he looked over at Moon, he said, it was like, hey, 
did you do anything? Or you have anything to do with this? And he said, Moon wouldn't take credit for it, but just kind of looked at him and kind of smirked. That was the kind of guy he was because you know how it is, A-Dub. In this media space, it's very competitive. People are trying to get to the stories first. And everybody yep. wants to be the first to report things. But when you have a guy like that who's confident and comfortable in his own skin and wanted to help other people around him, man, it's just tough when we have to talk about situations with people like this when they pass on. And so I wanted to just share a couple words in the remembrance of John Moon Mullen. Yes, sir, Chris. Well spoken. They say a class act, you know, they talk about professionalism. These are things that let you know that what I want to strive to be, Chris, out in this world when I'm talking to different people, right, in the media area. So I wanted to say, hey, man, thank you, Moon, for modeling the way for all of us. Yeah, man, because you got to think about that, not even just the way that he um, carried himself in the media space, but I think a, a lot of us can carry ourselves with those type of lessons in our everyday life. We'll be better off. And when I speak about his kindness, how I talk about how he was for J.J. Stankovich, being generous, and just his spirit. Because, hey, dog, when he was diagnosed with cancer, they didn't give him much of a prognosis for survival, and he lasted two years with that. And that goes to show you a little bit of to his spirit and his fight and how he wanted to be here on this earth. And that's why, honest, I'm going to get deep on you guys for a second, but that's why we got to live each day to its fullest. We got to stop it with the petty beefs. I know I've said this often on this show. Yep. But, man, there's people out here, man, that they don't get a chance to experience this life. This man's 74 years old. He's no longer with us. We got to take each day like it's our last and stop it with the petty stuff. Let's just live. Let's enjoy. Let's love. Hey, preach, preach, prayers. I'm telling you, man, I like everything you just shared there, man. It's about showing a lot of respect to each other. And like you said, man, not get to all that negativity. Let's focus on all the positive and stuff. So positivity out here, man. So I'm with you, Prez. Rest in peace, uh, Moon Mullen. And then speaking of just another person that, you know, this was the epitome of just selflessness, Brian Piccolo. I thought it was really awesome, A-Dub, that the Chicago Bears organization, uh, Matt Eberflus, had every player on that team during minicamps wearing that 41 jersey in honor of Brian Piccolo. And anybody that doesn't know the history of Brian Piccolo and the Chicago Bears, they give an award out every year to the best teammate. And that's mm -hmm. in honor of Brian Piccolo. And that guy right there was just the epitome of class and dignity. Brian's song was the movie that everybody knows about. Anybody that hasn't seen that movie, please sit down and, ever, and watch it one time. You won't be disappointed. I remember the first time I watched that movie, A-Dub, I was 11 years old and I'm crying couldn't, my mom couldn't even get me to stop crying. I didn't even know who the hell Brian Piccolo was. I was a short. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit hit me. You know what I'm saying? It just hit me because of the type of cat that he was and his life was so short. And again, if anybody's listening to this episode, you're going to keep hearing me talk about this, man. We have to enjoy life, embrace life. It's short. Let's enjoy it. Yes, sir. Definitely let's enjoy it. And uh, Brian Piccolo, man, we appreciate everything you've done for the Bears organization. I definitely love the relationship you have with Gail Sayers. And, man, you know, I'm glad that Bears are doing that war in your honor every year. What's even more impressive is Matt Eberflus, who we've talked about on the show before, how he continues to reach out to former Bears players. He wants to make sure that he is uh, bridging that gap that basically occurred over the years where it seemed like the organization didn't want anything to do with the alumni. Well, Matt Eberflus right. is coming in here saying, no, fuck that. I want these guys to be involved. And the fact that you see that this guy understands history, he understands the tradition of this organization, this is why it makes me more and more understand why people out here said, 
Matt Eberflus was going to be a slam dunk hire for this team. He wasn't the sexy name that everybody was talking about, but he has that understanding of this tradition and what it means. And I'm very much looking forward to A-Dub seeing what this team does this summer and also just kick off the season. I'm with you there, Perez. And the thing is, man, he cares about tradition, like you said. He also cares about the legacy. And that's respect right there for Matt. It, it really is, man. I mean, what more can you say about the guy that's reaching out to these former guys? I mean, think about Peter Tillman. You reached out to him. Brian Urlacher, Brian Urlacher has come out and said he's had a lengthy conversation with Eva Flus. And there's 30 other people, former alumni, that he's reached out to. That's huge. And I want this to be a situation where it's not going to just be these guys showing up to a Bears game and the fans giving their little kudos. These guys need to be at Hallis Hall. The players need to see who these people are. Besides just hearing about those names and seeing those names hung up at, at, at Soldier Field or seeing those jerseys up at, at Hallis Hall, they need to who know who these guys are, be able to have conversations with them, be able to, like, shake their hand and, and, and hear from them what it means, especially with these young players. we got a very young roster. These young players need to understand what this shit means. When you put on that Chicago Bears uniform, bro, that shit means something. We're a charter franchise. We got away from who we were in that last regime. And I'm so happy that Manny Iberflus is here today to bring that tradition back. We're the monsters of the midway. We need to get back to who we are. Absolutely, Perez. And the fact that some of these former players are coming in, passing their torch, passing their wisdom, uh, that's that's very important for these young players. And Manny Iberflus, like you said, Perez, getting back to tradition, baby, bringing it all back. Well, A-Dub, let's, let's get into some of the minicamp talk. So one of the things that you and I have talked about extensively this offseason is offensive line. What the hell is going to happen there? Because we've seen a lot of musical chairs being played. That right guard position is a position that you and I have really kind of circled and said, ooh, we're not feeling so good about this position. Well, right. our concerns got even more widened when Dakota Dozier went down with a leg injury. He has now since been placed on IR. So now with this situation on the offensive line – we see that Braxton Jones looks like he could stay over there at left tackle. And we also see where Larry Borum has been lining up there at the right tackle spot. And what, what did I ask you on the last episode, A-Dub? I said, is there a situation where we see Tevin Jenkins potentially at that right guard spot competing with Sam Mustafa? We didn't see anything with that coming up during the minicamps. All we know is that Tevin Jenkins was on the second string during that time. But I'll right. tell you one thing. It says a lot about Braxton Jones and his ability – that he's coming there, he's really impressed that coach step ain't done. Well, you talked heavily about him, Perez, Braxton Jones, and uh, seeing that now he's getting an opportunity to shine and getting an opportunity to play with the ones and being the left tackle there, it just shows that this kid is capable, man, capable of holding it down. So you just never know what's going to happen with this uh, offensive line, Perez. We don't know who's going to end up where. But I think Matt Eberflux is now, again, filling everybody out to seeing what they do best. And I think that's important. And you know what's kind of interesting? When the media asked Braxton Jones about it, he said at first, he's like, to be honest with you, he said, I was a little bit surprised. But he said, <laughs> but he said that surprise went away real quick because I'm sure he was like, all right, it's time to go now. These guys are giving me an opportunity here. I'm going to make the most of it. And I like that. I mean, this is a big step forward for this kid in his career. And the one thing that we're hearing from Matt Ibafus is he said he is not going to be afraid to play young players on this team. I think that's a huge contrast from the last regime where they favored the veterans over the younger players. I think that this is going to really add a nice level of competition to this team this summer where you're going to have these young guys looking at it and saying, hey, I might be able to get a fair shake here. 
and that's what's about right there, Prince. Competition, young players coming trying to earn their stripes right, putting the hard work in, and making it very competitive. And the thing is, this gets them ready for the season, right, Prince? You never know what may happen this season. You and I talk about this all the time. Anybody can get injured, right? That's part of the game. But do you have somebody next ready to take on that position once someone get hurt? So making it competitive, getting these guys all the opportunity to grow and learn, Prince, I think Eberflu's got the right mindset. And guess what? Your draft stock and draft status, your draft status, it ain't going to matter with this guy. Bryson Joe's a fifth-round draft pick. Tevin Jenkins was a second-round draft pick last year. And yep. guess what? Right now, he's the second-string player. <laughs> and But one of the things that we keep talking about, we know that Matt Eberflus keeps saying that he wants to keep his options open as far as that offensive line is concerned. Yeah, we know that. However, though, A-Dub, it's pretty telling that Braxton Jones – Got elevated. That means that that coaching staff saw something to him. They've been impressed by it, and they're going to give him a first shot at it. Absolutely. But Braxton Jones, I like he looks comfortable when he was sitting there talking to the media. He didn't look like a deer in the headlights. The guy looked comfortable and calm. And I told you guys all this at that senior bowl. He was someone that caught my eye during those practices. And when, when, uh, when Ryan Poles drafted him, I said, okay. Well, audience, don't be surprised if you see this guy compete for a job. And A-Dub, there was a lot of people sitting here like, oh, man, he a fifth-round pick. There's no way that's going to happen. Well, well. <laughs> you know, and A-Dub, you know, we don't get on this show patting ourselves on the back about stuff. But, audience, if you guys don't believe that I said that, go back to our draft recap episode, and I stand in 100% the fact that I was one of the first people that was – banging the drums about back Braxton Jones. Now you're going to have everybody in the world, A-Dub, all talking about how Braxton Jones, this and that. I guarantee you this is going to be the first podcast that you heard anybody suggesting that Braxton Jones could start for this team. Oh, definitely there, Perez. You hit it, man. And you start this Braxton Jones campaign well before many people got on board with this here. So, so you kind of saw the potential there, too. So, hey, salute to Braxton Jones, man. I hope it all works out for him. But you know what? It won't be a shock at this point now, Perez. You made that very clear. You've been talking about this for quite a while now. Well, see, that's the difference between us and some of the other people that are out there. You and I were at the Senior Bowl. I yep. do so much film work before we get on this show. See, I'm not just shooting out opinions just because it's something cool to say or, or coming up with some funny take that everybody on Twitter is going to think is a jokey joke and ha, ha, ha. No, we're all here to talk football. We want to basically make sure that we are talking to the audience about our opinions on things, but they have to be backed up by actual film or actually right. we seeing these things in person. And when we were down there for that whole week down at Mobile for the Senior Bowl, we saw so many prospects, and we talked to you guys about those. See, that's the difference. A lot of people, they'll get on the podcast and they want to entertain, they want to have fun. That's totally cool. But you and I are there. We're going to be at Howell's Hall all summer. These opinions are going to be from what we're seeing, up close and personal, not what somebody else is telling us or something else that we're reading, A-Dub, and then we're going to regurgitate somebody else's work. No, we do our own work on this show. And that's what it's about right there, Chris, doing our own work, coming up with our own observations, Chris, watching things from our own lenses and coming up with our thoughts. Now, one of the other things, A-Dub, that I thought was really cool when minicamps wrapped up was the fact that we found out that Velas Jones is going to be joining, he's going to be joining uh, your boy Justin Fields and your boy Money Moon down there in Atlanta. And I kind of feel like Darnell Mooney probably is going to buy him a crib down there in Atlanta as much as he's been posting up with your boy Justin. But now Velas <laughs> Jones, Velas Jones, now he's showing up there, and that shows me a lot. That's a rookie coming in here that sees an opportunity. He's like, look, I want to get some – 
Uh, I want to get some chemistry with that quarterback as well. I thought that was huge, A-Dub. Yeah, that's very huge right there, Prince. And it shows that he's also seeing what Money Moon and Justin Fields have been doing, right? They've been putting work in, modding the way. He's like, hey, let me join you guys. I see y'all on something big right now. Hey, let me, let me join that party there, you know, work with you guys. Like you said, build that chemistry up, and, and hopefully we, we have a very successful season together. So that's what it's about, man. He caught on very quickly. I mean, I think Fellas Jones also probably took heed of Matt Eberflus's words because Matt Eberflus, A-Dub, he told that team, he said that I want you guys to prepare during this time away. And he wanted them guys to come back lean and in shape. See, in past regimes, you have players that report the training camp out of shape and they use that time in training camp to get in shape. Matt Eberflus was like, fuck that. I want when you guys report the training camp, that you're already in shape when you arrive? He said, bring your track shoes because we're going to be running. And you know what that means? He's setting the tone right now that this training camp is going to be physical and he's going to get after it. Hey, he ain't playing no games, Prince. He's putting everything on the table. Like, look, we got to get better. We got to be prepared, man. We got to be one step ahead of everybody else. And I think Matt Eberflus is setting the foundation right now, Prez, with this team that, hey, we're going to work hard and we're going to execute, man. So he's holding everybody else to the same expectations. And I'm saying, Prez, if anybody comes up out of shape, they mess around, find themselves with the tubes or, or, or second stream or somewhere else, man, because Matt Eberflus ain't going to play any games, man. He's going to play the guys who are ready. One of the things I wanted to get your thoughts on, though, is some of the things that did come out of some of the video that we saw coming out for practice showed that Justin Fields threw some picks. I know Jalen Johnson had a pick six on him. And we heard that there were some struggles with that offense. What were some yeah. of your thoughts there hearing that? You know what? It feels like what Justin Fields actually said. You know, we're not ready yet, Perez. We still got a lot of work to do, right, on that offensive side, man. And um, they got to get it together. And I think, you know, getting a chance to work with the entire unit together, Perez, the wide receiver core, playing together with them, getting better, knowing these other, you know, uh, strengths, I think that's going to be important. So it just shows you right now, Perez, we still got a lot more work to do. Yeah, and one thing, too, to, to piggyback off of what you said, Matt Eberflus also said, A-Dub, that they didn't do a lot of play action, and he thought that that was a reason for Justin Fields' struggles because the defense knew a pass was coming. So they had an advantage. They were able to kind of set up on that. So mm -hmm. once the pads come on, they'll run the ball a little bit more. So Justin Fields will have that ability to kind of throw the defense off. You'll get some play action going. So that might help things as well. But the point that you made that I thought was really Interesting was the fact that Justin did say, hey, right now, if we have to play the game, this offense isn't ready to play the game right now. And that is something that he may have learned from last season, right, Perez? Seeing how things happened then and now having the knowledge of knowing to where we are right now. He was like, nah, it's bigger than just the interceptions, right? We're just not ready yet. So I think now it just shows that the growth in Justin Fields of seeing where they were last season versus this season. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't necessarily think they were all that ready last season either. I mean, you saw that offensive production. <laughs> I think oh, definitely. A, I'm just thinking he's basing it off of where he is right now and his comfort in his offense and the, and the guys around him. I think when he looks around, he realizes that, hey, you know what, right now we're not ready. But I also believe that when the time is when the, when the time comes, Justin in his offense, I feel, is going to be ready. And on this, I've said it on this show, I think this offense is going to surprise people here this season. I'm not saying that just because I'm being a homer. I really have belief that they're going to put the best system around him. And we got two of the, we got two of the top running backs in the NFL. I, I will tell you this. Any chance anybody wants to ask me about the running backs on this team, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, in my opinion, the top two tandem in this damn NFL when it comes to running backs. That's who we have on this team. In addition, 
to Ada's boy, Darnell Mooney, who is definitely making his name, making a name for himself in the NFL. But Ada, Cole Komet, I have a feeling that he's going to be a breakout player on this team because he hasn't been utilized in the way that I thought he should have been in the past. And I think the Lugetsi is going to utilize this kid a little bit more effectively than we've seen in the past. Oh, absolutely. I believe so. I think Getsy gets it, Perez. He realized, and you and I talked about this, the importance of the running backs. You're right, man. We got two good running backs, Perez. They can show us some of this load. And I think they'll take a lot of pressure off Justin Fields, man, to be and help him become more successful um, within his offense. So I'm looking forward to this, man, seeing how those two guys continue to make progress together. Um, because I'm quite sure they're going to split the time a lot more than they did last season. And then we keep talking about the Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney chemistry thing. These guys are to keep pushing each other. So between the two of them, you know they're not going to allow the other one to fall short any kind of way. You know Justin has goals. You know Darnell Mooney has goals. Those two are really going to be pushing each other. But I think that offense is going to feed off of those two energy. Oh, absolutely, man. And you hit a good point. Money Moon, <laughs> I'm telling you, Perez, Justin Fields, my mindset, Perez, it's going to be a lot of excitement with those two. And – they're, they they talked about this. I think Money Moon talked about this here. You know, just to feel success is a success for us. But they're working hand-in-hand hand together, man, to make this thing work. And I, I'm quite sure we're going to see a lot of great things from both of those guys. And you're right. They're going to help ignite this offense. Now, we talked about Justin Fields, and we know, obviously, artists, we just mentioned it, that he had that rocky day one of the mini camps. But what did he do, A-Dub? He responded. The next day he came back. We saw those beautiful passes that he was throwing down there on Mooney. They were showing that shit on social media in slow motion. I go lie to you, boy. I was like, good Lord, that was a sexy pass. Now, <laughs> that shows you, though, this kid obviously learned from the mistakes that he made in that first practice and said, you know what? Mm -mm, I'm going to fix this. So that's how you know he was putting in that work at Hallis Hall probably late night, came back that next day, was ready to go. And they said, brother, during the 707 portion of their practice, they said he was on fire. See, that's how you come back. You know what I'm saying, friends? Have a rough day. Hey, come back day two. Hey, brush it off, man. Don't let it get to you. And have a great day, you know? So it just shows you Justin Fields, man, taking everything in stride, Perez. He's not letting these shortcomings, you know, ruin his day. He's coming back even better. So that's why I like to see about him, man. You know what? Brush that off. Come back and do your thing. Now, one thing that we did hear, though, Kyler Gordon, he did practice. Now, I'm not sure what's going on with him. They did report that he was at the practices riding a bike, doing some stationary work. Anything that worries you there with Kyler Gordon? You know what? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite worried, Perez, because the thing is, part of it is I don't know exactly what it is, right? We right. haven't been told exactly what's going on, and they're kind of keeping it in-house. So and I think, man, honestly, when I think of it, I'm hoping it's just a situation where the team is playing it safe and there's nothing, you know, serious going on with them. Yeah, I hope so, too, Perez. If it is something injury-related, man, it's okay to speak on it, right? Like, you know what? Give him the time off. I don't think that's something you want to hide. You know, like, if it is related to that, right, an injury, you may want to let people know that he wasn't the show because, you know, had a little setback somewhere, we'll be fine down the road, right? I don't want to be one of those Tevin Dick Jenkins type of situations that we had last season. Yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, comparison, they dub because I was actually just thinking about that. I said, listen, they were telling us that everything was fine with Tevin, and all of a sudden he had to get a surgery. Right. <laughs> and a G brought his rookie year. We don't need that for this season, Perez. Be open up front with us. About something being handled in-house earlier, and I have to piggyback off of that and talk about the Byron Pringle situation. So, so audience, you guys know we briefly spoke on Byron Pringle's off-the-field troubles that he had after signing with the team. 
Do you think it was fair or foul that the Bears media team wanted to just keep digging on that situation that occurred in April when it came to Byron Pratt? I thought it was foul. Here we are in June, Prez, and we're talking about that. I think it's kind of foul to keep probing at it. Now, if you ask it once, okay, we move on from press. I can possibly understand that, right? But if you're going to keep probing at it, now we've got a problem. You're really trying to get something out of this guy. And I thought the media handled that very wrong by doing that. So I call it foul. Yeah, especially because the guy said he went to the front office before it became public. They discussed and handled everything in-house. I don't think that it's any of our business about anything that pertained to his off-the-field issues there. Now, what I will say is, I hope that that shit's behind him. I hope that he learned from it, and I hope that he realized that he has a tremendous right. opportunity here with this team this season. He can fill a major void in his office, and he has a chance to have a really good big-time season here in this situation. So I hope that Byron Pringle understands that. I hope this shit's behind him. And I don't think that um, – I just don't think that it was fair – the way that they went about peppering him with those questions. I think that we need to keep things to football. They weren't asking him football questions. They were asking him questions because they were trying to poke and prod about something he did in his personal time away. I right. just hope that he's just over with the nonsense and let's just let's just play ball. That's it. You know what I mean? And that's what's about right there, Perez. That's behind him. Let's move forward. If he can move forward, we all good. All we need for him to do is be productive on the field. If he can do that, that's all we're asking for, really. So, and stay also keep a clean slate too, right off the field. So, then that's what us worry about there from that perspective. But I'm with you, man. The media just got to be careful with that. Hey, Dub, before he started getting peppered with those questions, I do like Byron Pringle's energy, man, because he's always smiling. And I yeah. like that. I like cats like that, bro. Yeah, me too, man. You're right. He was always smiling, Perez. He was trying to focus on the positivity of this team. He wasn't trying to become some kind of distraction to this team. I mean, it just tells you this guy's a team player, so you, you like players like that. But I also think it starts with the culture that's been put in place. He understands who Matt Eberflus is, and you keep hearing more and more guys on this team talking about, hey, there's more accountability in place with Matt Eberflus. And a lot of these guys are guys that were here last year under Matt Nagy. I mean, Travis Gibson who's a guy that we talked about on this show that I think is poised to have a big-time season, he's talking about the accountability that's in place. And see, this is a different feel with this team under Matt Eberflus. And I'm glad to see players who played with Nagy now seeing how things are different of this new regime. So you like what you're seeing, you like what you're hearing, Fred. So, hey, these guys know now. Be prepared, be ready. It's time to play football. You like to hear that. You also like, the, you like your players – saying that, hey, not only do we like the accountability, but we also have expectations of us with our head coach, right? You know where right. you stand with the head coach. There were so many times we heard in the past where guys on this team talked about they didn't know where they stood with the head coach. They weren't speaking to the head coach. They didn't have that, that relationship with him. The guy was ignoring them. Well, you got a guy here now that I think of Matt Eberflus, he's going to over-communicate with these guys. They're going to understand where they stand with this guy because he's not going to pull any punches with them, ain't no, he's not going to pull any prayers. And anything that happens is not going to be a surprise. And that's the thing, like you said, Matt, even if he's over-communicating about everything. So, therefore, the expectation is going to be very clear to all the players. I think the biggest thing, though, and I still are gonna, I'm still going to be really digging in on this, A-Dub, is this offensive line. I'm yeah. really just curious of what we have here and really just curious to see how this thing unfolds over the course of the summer. Do they go out and get some help? Or do they think that they have enough in-house to basically put a good offensive line in front of Justin Fields this season? 
that's the million dollar question there, Perez, you were asking, man. Uh, that's something going to be something for you and I to play, pay close attention to, man, to seeing how this team, especially the offensive line, how it's coming together. Because we may see some holes, right? Especially at the, you know, at the guard position, Perez. We might. We might not. But the thing is, it's going to be something that we pay close attention to going forward. Yeah, and I think it's something that is fair for fans, for media types to really be kind of looking at and poking holes at. Because our offensive line last year, we know what it was. It was a lot of it had to do with talent. A lot of it had to do with scheme. A lot of it had to do with play calling. Nevertheless, the quarterback got hit too, too much. We yes. talked about it. Justin Fields got hit too much. That's our future, and that is our franchise quarterback. You cannot have that happen. If that happens this year, it's going to be a criminal. It should be criminal charges filed against this offensive coaching staff. For sure, man. And I'm with you there, Perez. The spotlight is definitely on that offensive line. So when you look at just some of the things that we we were talking about with this with this uh, with this team, and the fact that I wanted to bring up one quick thing, Rod Marinelli, who's a former coach of the Chicago Bears under the Lovey Smith regime, highly respected person around the NFL, he was there observing minicamp, and he was there a couple of those days, and he actually spoke to the team, and that just kind of speaks to a little bit about how Matt Eberflus doesn't have that ego. He don't have to be the only voice, the smartest guy in the room. And I think that's important to leverage your, res your resources and have as many people touch your team as possible. Absolutely, Perez. And that just shows you, you know, Matt Eberflus said I can be hands-on. I can also be hands-off. Got no problem doing that. The more voices we have that speak in that language, you hear, you know how it is sometimes, Perez. You hear the same thing for one person. So many times it go on deaf ears. But hear mm -hmm. other people talk about similar things and send it in their own words, Perez, it starts to resonate. So I think Matt Eberflus is really thinking outside the box on that by doing that. No, I think so too. Now we talked quickly about Kyler Gordon, how he was absent. But his other rookie baked from the draft, Jaquar Brisker. This guy continues Ooh. to make a name for himself. And all of the reports that we keep hearing from him is that Matty Berflus absolutely loves what he's seeing from this guy. This guy continues to make plays. And what he said, create turnovers is in my DNA. I was like, boy, talk your shit, bro. Talk your <laughs> shit. Man, I was excited hearing that, man. I love a young player with confidence. But you know what, Bruce? I also like the fact that you're backing it up, too, you know. So I got no problems with him, man. Hey, keep doing your thing, young fella. Keep doing it. Yeah, man, because this listen, man, we need that in this defense. We're not going to repeat anything that we said before on this show. We want those takeaways to return. A guy like him, a guy like Kyler Gordon, man, that's going to be great. I mean, not picking on Justin, but we hear Jalen Johnson, as I mentioned earlier, pick six. We need to see more of that with this defense this season. Yeah, we do, man. And you also been hearing some good things about Thomas Graham Jr. Press getting in on some of the action, man. So, Get him a pick six out of there. So you, you starting to see that this this uh, secondary press starting to sound a lot better than it did last season, man. These kids, young fellas, man, are humble. So I like what we've been hearing about account these guys. And with a guy like Jaquan Brisker, I mean, we brought it up when we did our draft recap. And what do we say? We said his mental makeup, the things yeah. he's been through in his life. He has a why. All this, I talked to y'all about his story and with his family and with his brother. This kid, every time he gets out there on the field, he's representing his brother. I tell you one thing, A-Dub, I will go to war with a guy like Jaquan Brisker any day of the week. Oh, man, you, hey, hey, sign me up too, Braves. I'm coming with you, bro. I'm going to war with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. I love this kid, man. And um, I'm expecting some great things out of him, Braves. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know the scout, he has some weird words of basically trying to give 
Jaquan Brisket the ultimate compliment. I knew what he was trying to say. It was a little misplaced, and it kind of came off a little awkward. At the end of the day, Jaquan Brisker is a football player. Ball yes. hawk. He's got that mentality, that mindset. And I'm telling you, as a rookie, you ain't going to be able to tell that this guy's a rookie this season. He's going to come in here from day one and light things up. And he's showing you right here what he's all about. Man, right now, friends, what we'll be hearing, this kid don't even look like a rookie, man. This kid like a vet right now, man, the way he's starting off. So, Hopefully we can see some of that on that field when the season starts, bro, which I expect. I'm tell you, man, so far, so good, Prez. So for you, A-Dub, what's one of the biggest things that you're going to be looking forward to seeing when we get to training camp? Because, I mean, we've talked about a lot. We talked about the offensive line. We talked about Braxton Jones. We talked about Tevin Jenkins. We even talked about Velas Jones and his role with this offense this season. But what are some of the things that you're going to be looking at with this team this summer heading to training camp? Riz, I still got to take a look at that defensive line as well, man. Too much change has happened on that defensive line. Robert Quinn, you know what's going on there, man. We're going to see what Gibson looked like now being the guy. We're going to look at Chris Tonga, see what he's going to bring as well. So those are two guys, man, I'm thinking that, hey, got a chance to shine, man, this coming season. So my eyes are on those guys because we're going to need them to execute. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I'm going to be looking at is be interested to see the energy at training camp. I, I talked about last year we were there. You know, they were the guys, you know, they they were, you know, here and there, you know, you saw some intensity. But for the most part, guys were kind of just, you know, casually out there, you know, doing what they had to do. I right. think that I'm going to be looking forward to seeing that energy, seeing how Matt Eberflus brings a little bit more juice to those practices. And also, I want to see the culture. Because we hear a lot about it, but I want to see examples of that this summer. When we're watching those guys out there in those pads, I want to see the, who's going to emerge as being leaders on this team. I want to see if all the things that we're hearing about what Matty McFoose is doing with the culture, I want to see that for, my, for myself. I want to see exactly what it is that everybody said behind closed doors about this team. That's something I want to say. I'm going to tell you one other thing with that, man. I want to see how competitive it's going to get with the secondary versus our wide receiver group. I want to see what Money Moon will do to these young guys out there in the secondary, man. I really want to see how Justin Fields attack those guys. I really want to see, man, because you know what? It's going to make everybody better. I want to see that level of competition that we've been talking about all offseason about what's been going on, what's been going on in minicamp, you know, this competition level. I want to see it. Well, I do like that, A-Dub, because you know they do a lot of those one-on-ones in training camp. So it would be really interesting to see Mooney, Pringle, Velas Jones, and, and those rest of those wide receivers – going up against that young secondary. I can't wait to see some of those battles. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's what gets it going, Perez. You know, you and I, we love that type of competition, bro. But I, that's why I have to speak to the energy that I think that we're going to see in camp. I think that things are going to be kicked up. I think that we're going to see things turned up a lot more than we saw last season. Because a lot of the things that we saw, I mean, you saw Matty Rufus and the Bears got slapped on the wrist with the contact during some of those periods earlier in the offseason. <laughs> Guess what, NFL? You ain't going to stop this man from doing what he wants to do at training camp. They are going to beat the hell out of each other. Nah, you ain't going to stop this, man. Hey, Matt Eberflus on to something big here. But you know what else, Perez? I want to see who's crazy enough to come in out of shape, bro. <laughs> I don't, because I don't want to see that. Because that means to tell you right there, that's somebody that needs to be cut off the fucking jump street. They need to be yeah. cut from the very beginning. Because if this man told you what his culture is going to be about, what he's looking for out of this team, and you come in here out of shape, that's showing you right there and there. You don't need to be on this team. For real. That is facts right there. You're giving us the heads up early that, hey, you ain't ready for this. You ain't no. ready. No. But I'm telling you, Justin, I have a 
big time fucking respect for the work that this kid's put in this offseason. I can't wait to see him in training camp. I think he is going to show people what they, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm also going to be looking to see what happens with the Robert Quinn saga. Does he report to yeah. training camp or does, does he stay away to try to force the team's hand a little bit? Man, I'm with you there, Perez. But I do hope Robert, Robert Quinn, you know, get it together, man, decide to go ahead, stick it out for the season, man. But you never know, right, Perez? That's going to be something to monitor for sure. But no, but we'll definitely see there, A-Dub. But I'm really excited. And this is me coming from a place of just really wanting to give Maddie Refluse and this coaching staff a chance, just like we gave a chance to Matt Nagy, just like we gave a chance to – Trust me, just like we get a, ch- a chance to, every coach is coming here after Lovey Smith. I want to be patient with them. But I'll tell you one thing, man, I have been encouraged and I like everything that we've heard so far that's coming out of Hallis Hall. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's in a strict, it's in a really big time contrast from what we heard out of coming out of Hallis Hall in the past with some of the nonsense bullshit that we've dealt with over the last couple of years. That is facts right there, Perez. With this regime, so far so good. Matt Eberflus, you you wild me so far, man, and um I got no issues with you at this point. I mean, you've been doing things differently. You've been doing things your way. You've been building a culture here for playing strong and tough defense, and you've been pretty much trying to bring this team, this unit together. So you got my respect right now, man. Keep doing your thing. Let's see how it all turns out. Yes, sir. Honest, before we get out of here, the Bears announced the 2022 training schedule today. Players will be reporting July 26th. The first practice that will be open to the media and the public will be July 28th. So, as we mentioned, we will be there for those Hallis Hall practices. We will be doing daily recaps, if our schedule allows. But just know that you're going to be hearing from us way more often than the once a week that we've been doing in our offseason. So, we want to make sure that we give you guys insight into what we're seeing out there. And it's going to be our bird's eye view. We all ready for that, Perez. Let's go, baby. All right, A-Dub. Listen, man. You and I will get audience a little something next week, but it's going to be a little, it's probably going to be a little dead period here over the next two to three weeks. But audience, we always tell y'all, we don't take weeks off over here. We're going to give y'all something. So <laughs> no weeks off here. No weeks off here. We're going to be on the lookout for something from the DBE boys. Until then, we are out.